One of the things I know I avoid is that sense of vulnerability that comes along with storytelling that's required to get to that next loop around the, the spiral. And I think the power of the community makes that, I don't want to use the word easier because it's never easy to be vulnerable, mm. but it eases it a little, makes it mm. a bit, a bit more comfortable. Oh gosh, yes. I, there's so many things I want to say here because I just love women's circles so much. And I think the power of, like you said, Emily, being able to share what's present, you know, even if it feels socially unacceptable in a really sacred, safe space, to be able to do that is in itself just an act of courage and transformation and also to be held in unconditional love and compassion in that space and then also hearing the stories of others which are also your stories and your stories are their stories and you realize that you're not alone that we are all connected we share this wild ride together and mm -hmm. I think it's an antidote to shame because without telling those sh those stories, we just kind of just get stuck in this place of feeling like there's something wrong with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and I would say that, you know, for anybody listening to this, if you don't have that circle of friends, like we're here holding space for you, right? And hopefully our stories and our perspectives help you feel a little bit less alone because sometimes it can be hard to find those circles, but they're out there and there's lots of people who can safely hold space for you and you're worthy of that. If you know there is something deep inside of you that is yearning to be seen, to be known, and to have expression, if there's something you need to reclaim and remember, maybe it's your power, your purpose, your gifts, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm honored to have three amazing co-hosts, Laura Shuk-Guzman, Belinda Hahn, and Emily Sikorsi, here with me on this journey to self-discovery. Every week, we're going to help you unravel and remember what it means to reclaim yourself, to own who you are, to recognize your innate worth and greatness. Now, this podcast is a deep dive into self-development, healing, and empowerment. So hold on. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to Reclaiming Ourselves. I'm so excited that you're here. And just as a reminder, you can find everything you need about the podcast and about the co-hosts at reclaimingourselvespodcast.com. So today is our official first panel episode. And what that means is we have all the co-hosts together discussing and talking, and it's going to be really fun and exciting. And so today we're going to kind of unpack and discuss what does it mean to reclaim ourselves? Why is this an important topic from each of our viewpoints? Why does it matter right now in, in this world and where we are with things? And so that's what we're going to talk to. So Welcome, everyone. Hey, Emily. Hey, Laura. Hey, Belinda. Hi. Hi. Hey, everybody. Now the real test is being able to decipher who's talking, right? <laughs> I think I'll be easier to, to work out. <laughs> I think you will. Love Belinda, the Australian, will definitely hear you. I love that. All right. So maybe let's just dive in and talk a little bit about what does it mean to you to reclaim ourselves? It's a concept. Like sometimes we talk about it. Everybody might have a different viewpoint, but how does that feel to you? What does it mean to you? I'll jump in here. When the word reclaiming is just sort of put out there, I immediately go to how do we get lost in the first place? Because it's not finding yourself. It's like this reclaiming and the mm. idea that we are born really whole and we're born, I think, before the age of four in so many fundamental ways, emotionally, as, as whole people. So we get lost with everything that kind of comes after that or pushed further away. So I like to think about the process of, of getting lost to mm. what were the milestones, what were the junctions or what were the things that covered over the true me that I was originally. I love mm. that, Emily. I love that. 
yeah, I really resonate with that kind of concept. When you start thinking about reclaim, return, remember, it's like we're not talking about claiming for the first time or knowing this is known to us ourselves. We're known to ourselves, yet we've had these moments in our life that have um, interrupted, distracted, split, like taken um, us in different directions, often to protect, you know, a wound or something overwhelming. So I really um, also think of it as when we reclaim, we're returning and we're remembering. And that's actually a beautiful thing that we have known ourselves. We are known unto ourselves already. Mm-hmm. Yet all of these things have happened. and We've somewhat like Emily's words, lost our way. And what is it like to return? Mm. Yes, yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly with both Emily and Laura in terms of my the way I see it is that yeah, like Emily said, we're born whole, complete, perfect, and then through life and people, and we have all these heartbreaks and defenses and everything that sort of cover up the truth of who we actually are, and unlike you know what personal development talks about often is we need to add something more to ourselves or we need to just learn this particular skill. It's really, um, like Laura said, remembering coming back to that true nature, our essence, um, and that that is really the journey. Yeah, I fully agree with all of you. I love the way Emily brought up this sort of perspective or focus on also why did we lose ourselves? Like what what kind of caused that loss? Because I think we have to talk about both pieces, right? What it means to reclaim ourselves, what it feels like to reclaim ourselves, you know, what that journey is, and also what it feels like to be lost, why we lose ourselves, what gets in the way. So I think these are really two sides of the coin that we're going to talk a lot about over this podcast season because we are born whole. We we do have that seed of our wholeness and our greatness and who we are inside of us from birth and we're worthy from birth. And, and then little by little, all these kind of chunks get taken away or lost or we suppress or we, we let go of, we abandon sometimes, right? And then it's about, you know, how do we kind of pick those pieces up? And when Laura said, you know, remember, I think about like, yes, like member, right? It's like that remembering, reattaching, reclaiming, reowning the pieces of ourselves that we've lost along the way. And yeah, I think that's a really interesting piece. And so I kind of love to hear from the co-host, like, what do you think has caused the loss? Right. Because I think that was a really cool kind of perspective that Emily kind of took us down. What in your life has caused you to lose a piece of yourself or maybe in people you've worked with and seen as well? Because I think that is a really great question so that people can start to reorientate themselves and say, oh, yeah, I really resonate. That happened to me, too. Mm. Um, What were maybe some of your experiences? Well, I think, I think the loss can come in a lot of different forms. I think that sometimes the loss is a capitulation to the world or our context. Mm. Like we give up a little piece of ourselves in order to fit in. And so that can be a family system, that can be a school, a classroom, or to win the praise of, of another person that we want to admire us. So sometimes it's it's not necessarily like the heart, as Belinda said, like a heartbreak that that we feel how much that takes away from us so viscerally. But I think some of these losses are so subtle and we're willingly giving them up because we think mm. there's a, an exchange on the other side that will benefit from. And I also think that that just from an evolution standpoint, it was true to be an outsider outside of the tribe. Uh, meant danger and it meant estrangement and and mm-hmm. and death. Um, so I think we're hard. We're kind of hardwired to make these um, accommodations, and so I think that those are also like little losses along the way, and maybe losses, but also lost moments where you're like, oh, I'm wandering now. I'm wandering away from something else, and those are not necessarily bad roads to take either because they teach you something about yourself, but. Yeah, sometimes we willingly we willingly walk in and give those mm-hmm. give those pieces of ourselves away. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think I think that there's certain junctures where we realize we're lost as well. And and I, I know certainly sort of coming into the midlife forties, just really sort of 
I guess having all the frustrations about the behaviours I'm engaging in and all of those um, dissatisfaction and internal conflict and everything that can arise, it's sort of like a an awakening moment to how lost or or that the journey of remembering needs to happen. That that sort of different points of dissatisfaction because I think that reclaiming ourselves the journey and it happens at different times it really has to start with dissatisfaction and internal conflict and messiness mm. and all of that otherwise we're not motivated to do, to do anything <laughs> yeah absolutely. that's a really good point yeah. yeah and I think that that collective like you were saying Emily we have this conditioning that occurs to learn what is acceptable, what's not acceptable. And there's moments I can think of in my life where I gave up something or modified myself, became something that would be more acceptable. And it's interesting how those things can become so automatic. You don't even realize you're giving them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, though, you're getting something, you're getting belonging in that moment. You think I belong here because now I can fit in or, you know, let me just speak a little quieter about this or let me be a little louder about that. I just was a chameleon, you know, I was trying to make my way mm-hmm. so that it would feel better. But as I have aged and as I've stepped into more confidence as a woman in this society as well, I've been able to look at what I gave up what I let go because I thought that I was going to get something to your point, Emily, in return, I was going to gain a greater sense of belonging to the community, but the cost of that I Mm. became aware of. It's like, okay, so there's a sense of belonging to my greater community, but a sense of disconnection from myself, Mm. something that I gave up right? That was innately me (laughs) that I wasn't letting myself fully inhabit. And I think we're not taught as children, at least not in my generation, we weren't taught to value our individual selves in the same way, right? Or to even find a self to reclaim or to appreciate what we brought to the table. Like from such an early age, we were taught to fit in, to belong, to carry our weight in the greater scheme of things or in the family. You know, there wasn't the same attention on the value of being a self, Right. And I think it's changing. I mean, I don't know, but I would love to hear kind of from all of you, like what has been that result as you've started to reclaim yourself? What's the result with your children? Right. Because I know I've brought my children up to value themselves and they still have plenty of indoctrination, plenty of lost moments for themselves as they grow. But I've tried to instill in them that they have a self that's valuable. That's a funny journey because as, as a parent myself, I think <laughs> a lot of the reclaiming began when I became a parent, when I became mm-hmm. a mother, because I don't know about you, maybe I, the emotional membrane between myself and my children is very porous. So they're going through something emotionally and there I am as well, remembering my own, my own experience, trying to support their moment in that. And then, and then in betwixt and in between all of that, finding new meaning for myself as an individual and then as a parent learning lessons there's a lot that's happening there and you do we try to give our daughters a real sense of their own strength and their own identity but i i think my parents did that well with me too so maybe that was a gift i was carrying on There's a lot to unwrap there. <laughs> a lot. That's like a whole episode, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I do think it's really fascinating when you think about in here in the United States that we live in a culture that definitely supports the yearning towards, you know, the individual success. It's like mm-hmm. there's so much focus on the individual. And yet Mm -hmm. there is very little support on like children learning the self, learning that emotional intelligence, that somatic awareness of of their selves, of their body, of what they feel. And so there's this conformity that starts really early. And then it's like, be an individual and you can do anything you want. And then there's all this kind of 
disconnecting in our ways of, of being in, you know, in the classroom, don't get me on education reform, but it's like constantly, you know, just like sitting and ignoring the needs of the sentient, sentient body, like that I need to get up and I need to move and I need to, so I don't know, I'm just thinking a lot about that conflict between the culture's fascination with individual achievement and then how very little people are given encouragement in our society to learn the self and, and to, you know, from the inside out, not accolades and, oh, I'm the best, I'm this identity or that identity or the best athlete, you know, or the best at school, but really inside out. Mm-hmm. We're not yes. even given the space, I think, to learn the self, right? Like there's not even enough time and space to contemplate or look inwards. We're just kind of rushing, you know, from one thing to the next, you know, in terms of accolades and accomplishments, right? So I think, yeah, that's really interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for me, I think, like Emily said, I mean, reclaiming myself has really amped up since I've become a mother because I just have such, um, so much love driving and also so many buttons pushed (laughs) about, you know, all the shadowy material and all the the ways that um, all the defenses and all of that sort of thing. And yet such a strong determination, I guess, to be present and compassionate and loving and, you know, my ability to hold the kids in whatever emotions they're experiencing has only is only helped by how much I can do that for myself. So, mm. you know, that was pretty much non-existent when I first started this journey 12 years ago. And now, you know, as I've done the deep dive on, you know, holding myself in hopelessness and despair and all of that, that I can hold them in that too. Mm. And I haven't really been out like the first five years, you know, I did my best, but, you know, I wasn't able to sort of hold that because I had so much inner turmoil myself to be able to, it was hard to meet that moment with presence. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Even having that language to, to, <laughs> that you just used, Blinda, like mm-hmm. to hold yourself with presence in the middle of turmoil or hopelessness. I mean, I think that's something that I... I, a new mother version of me in my late twenties, I became a mom in my, actually my mid twenties. I mean, I just had no concept. And that's, that's to what you're saying, Laura, too. Like we, somebody said something earlier about reclaiming ourselves as oftentimes in uh, Western culture and American culture, certainly about adding more, right? Mm. Cause I like to say the ego's favorite number is more. Mm. And so we have this very egoic version of, success or achievement and our systems steer toward that and the actual sense of fulfillment that can be generated from within is the result of learning that language how to identify feelings Mm -hmm. (laughs) how to identify breath and like the somatics of feelings and we we just do basically none of that in an organized way in our cultures and so you know, I think we're left to these big moments, these big shifts becoming apparent to, to, to kind of smack us around a little bit and teach us like, oh, I'm lost or, oh, I have none of what I need. And then to have to go find it. That's why the self-help, you know, I mean, I think mm-hmm. the category of self-help has just grown so much because there's such a hunger in the world for that. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't yeah. it fascinating how all of us have shared that motherhood has was such a a moment because you get to that point where you're just the single individual and if you haven't figured it out then you know who's gonna hurt but you kind of thing (laughs) it's just like you know oh well and then you have a child and then all of a sudden all the things that you hadn't looked at is right there mirrored back in this offspring and it's just this interesting moment where you, for me personally, I was more motivated to figure it out than ever before because I needed to understand what this was going to be like to nourish another human being. And I had to figure out how to be with, in Belinda's language, like how to be with all of that, to be present in the midst of all the turmoil. So I I almost felt like I had a uh, free pass for a while of like, a, I can just tuck it in the back luggage and not worry about it until later. And then my daughter came and it was like, okay, I guess I need to figure this 
out. So there was a moment that was some reflection and reclaiming, probably the first at that level that I'd ever done also around like 26. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? And and so, okay, so I love the way, the direction we've gone and kind of talking about, you know, some of that, the pivotal moments, and obviously motherhood is a big piece of that too. I, I want to talk a little bit about what reclaiming ourselves feels like, right? Because I think a lot of people, again, have a concept or an idea, but if they, they, they might not know what it feels like in their body, what it feels like in their emotions. And one of the things I love talking about with this topic is that Oftentimes before the bliss comes in reclaiming ourselves, the really, really challenging feelings come first. And so I don't know. What do you all think about that? Yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) After 35 years of completely repressing anything that wasn't pleasant and positive, (laughs) it was (laughs) it all sort of just started started bubbling up. And I think um There was just so much resistance to that. And, you know, really part of my journey of reclaiming myself is actually just really working on self-acceptance. And that's like self-acceptance of my internal experience as well and and working somatically to create more capacity within me so that when things are difficult that I can, I just feel that I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in terms of the difficulty, that that embodied feeling of I've kind of got this, which sounds sounds funny to say, but just that that sort of inner space that I can handle things, and I guess the embodied sense of okayness and wholeness that that allows uh, me to be able to show up for my life in a way that feels values aligned. And yes, all you know, sometimes there's I'm an anxious bunny. Sometimes anxiety's there and all of the, all of the big emotions can be present, but I guess I feel like I've got more capacity and courage to be able to show up in the way that, in the ways that I want and do the work that I want and sort of live a more true meaning and purpose life that feels true to me, not because I should have done something, I should be a good person or whatever, really sort of finding my way on what is true for me and being able to have the courage, I guess, to, to show up despite all of the anxiety and everything that can be present. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of what you feel like is the result, the feeling that you have from reclaiming parts of yourself. Yes. Yeah. How about everyone else? Yeah. It's such a big question that I have all these different thoughts going around and feelings and my body going around, but I think that I'd answer that by saying that for me personally, it was going through the hard emotions and sensations, going through something in which I realized that I needed more of myself Mm. in order to move through it. Mm -hmm. So like hitting that wall, and for me, it was a lot of grief and loss that then brought up previous grief and loss. And I remember just walking the streets with one of my friends in Toronto. We would just be like, walk and talk and go get a coffee and walk. And I was having all of these thoughts about like, how am I going to get through this? It doesn't make sense, right? When you're in something that's so overwhelming, you're just like, you're trying so hard to use the the cognitive mind to fix it. Mm -hmm. And my dear friend, who's an acupuncturist and very much aware of the the power of the body, just, you know, kind of looked at me and said, it's more about, yeah, how are you going to move not through it, but in, in to yourself and in through you, you know, we can't just like walk through it like a big cloud. Mm -hmm. And that really started my journey so much to understand what was happening inside with my feelings and my sensations. Where did I hold this grief in my body? Because I could talk about it and think it was gone. And then it would come back up in the middle of the night in a knot (laughs) somewhere and I couldn't breathe. And, you know, and it was like, where is that? And that's when I realized that there was something not missing, but something I wasn't remembering Mm. about 
my strength and what I'm capable of, what I can endure. And so reclaiming my inner strength and my grounding, my um, ability to be in that, that felt really like coming home. I mean, it's going to sound a little cliche, but it's like, it came, it was like that grounding, like that safety, Mm -hmm. like you come home to something and you know it, it smells familiar, tastes familiar. It's, you know, it's like, oh, everything about this makes sense. And that was the only way that I could figure out a way forward was to come back to that feeling inside Mm -hmm. of myself. And and do you feel like these experiences that we have, like when we reclaim part of ourselves, it's kind of like an anchor or a reference point. It's like, even when we lose ourselves again, it's like, at least we have, like we can kind of feel that feeling or remember that feeling. Or I I kind of sometimes feel like I, I move away and then I, oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm here again. And then I move away and then I'm like, oh, wait, wait, I'm here again. (laughs) It's just like that constant journey. But when having some of those really pivotal pieces has definitely helped me re-anchor myself or reclaim more, you know, the next time around. Yeah. I want to hear you, Belinda and Emily, but I just add to that on my, why I said that about walking the streets in Toronto with my friend was that that is a somatic memory in that moment. It felt like lightning came down from the sky and into my body. Mm -hmm. And that became an anchor, like that feeling when I remembered myself that, that Mm -hmm. there was something more that I already had inside of me is something to this day that is a memory that I'm sharing that is because I felt it as, and then it became an anchor. Anytime I'd get completely lost, I'd be like, remember that feeling when I had the Hmm. moment of awareness and how that felt. And it does make it easier then when you're lost Mm -hmm. (laughs) to come back to that anchor. Yeah, I think they become little touchstones. Mm -hmm. And I think, Sonia, we talked about this a little bit. I'll never forget the way I felt the day my mom died, right? I just, and sometimes I touch that, that stone because you get real clear on what's important. I did in any way, even though everything was complete chaos and shattered, everything was in shards around me. And yet there was this feeling of core truth that I had no idea how to make sense out of that, but I knew what the truth was. And I do reference that. I do pick that up and, and I'm an artist and I think visually. So I think of the journey of self-discovery, not necessarily as a beautiful path up the mountain, but like as these spirals, (laughs) as these spirals that kind of undulate up and down the spiral um, motion and we kind of go away and come back around and mm-hmm. figure something out. And so then the spiral is a little bit smoother or <laughs> you might get a rough thought. That's kind of how I think of the creative process as well. And I think those are all forms of creativity, like taking out memories, looking at them again, understanding them from a different vantage point. Those are all creative processes because we know from science that Memories are changed every time we we take them out and we look at them. But there's something about the somatic thing, remembering your body, how your body felt, where you were on the streets in, in Toronto. It's so beautiful to say reclaiming ourselves. The reality of that begins, I think, Belinda, you said resistance was the first word you used. Uh, but you ended up at like courageous, right? But I think mm-hmm. the majority of the time is spent in what I call it like mess. And I think we've, we've all used that word mess with maybe that deeper understanding, kind of everything shattered, but maybe there's one true thing. And maybe the one true thing is I'm going to lay in bed all day, (laughs) but that's also a way of nurturing, you know, or resting. Mm. That's okay in the mess. So, um, yeah, I just, I see, I think the connection between uh, the strong visual memories of things, the body memories and then the way we the way we experience ourselves in reaction to that and immediately describing instead of you know Belinda you talked about resistance and then self-acceptance it's like oh I'm a mess and then the next step not being I'm a piece of shit because I'm a mess the next step being well that's pretty normal you'd be a mess at this moment or 
oh, maybe today is not a good day, you know, and being able to ascribe that self-compassion. And I think that's a lot of the dance of reclaiming mm-hmm. ourselves is between, between those realities. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I think that's so important to mention too, because we're kind of focused on this in our society and the world, you know, it's always like these achievements as if we're going to keep going up and up and up and up and just keep exponentially growing. And, and that, you know, reclaiming ourselves is kind of like that, like we reclaim a piece and it feels so good. And then we reclaim another piece and it's amazing. And, and, you know, it's all kind of this sometimes perception we have that reclaiming ourselves is empowering and it is, but, you know, there's also a lot of dark nights of the soul, right? It's, it's in sometimes complete chaos, complete hardship, complete darkness, complete unknowns. It's like through a lot of that, what shines through is ourself. And then we're able to connect with that, right? You know, I, I think some of the darkest times of my life, it was like I had no hope. I I had no idea what I was going to do or go, but something within me shone through that allowed me to grab it, right? To go, to cut beyond the chaos and all of the noise to find myself again. And so a lot of people are probably listening and they're in a moment like that, right? They're in challenge or chaos or exhaustion or, and thinking, gosh, I can't even think about like reclaiming myself right now. But oftentimes it is within the midst of all of that, that we, we find it, right? That it, it is an awakening. And I think that's the other piece, like I love the word reclaiming. It's a very action-oriented word, right? It makes us feel like we're in control and empowered. I'm reclaiming myself. But oftentimes when we reclaim ourselves, it's not even that we had an action towards it, right? It's like it happened. We became aware. We recognized. It's like, I think sometimes much more of a surrender process than it is an action process. What do you think? I wholeheartedly agree because when I was um, starting the journey of reclaiming myself, I just took my type A kind of behaviors and just read all the books. (laughs) just like, I need to fix myself, (laughs) fix the crazy mess that I felt. Um, And just, I spent so much time in the mess, really judging myself for just being here and resisting that I was there and and really sort of feeling quite alone often because it's not really something that people talk about this kind of dark night of the soul. And so I kind of just had this view that I was depressed and, you know, it's pathologizing myself, there's something wrong with me. And when I was able to really sort of feel into the deep grief or hopelessness or despair that was there, that was what, once I just gave up, <laughs> just like, okay, just swallow me whole, whatever this emotion is, I uh, just gave up. That's when really so much light could just come through. So it was in the surrender and the allowing and the compassion that that's when the mess was able to sort of transform into insight and and sort of inner freedom in that moment. I love that surrender process, you know. I mean, I think that's really what it is. And I, I think, too, it's not again, adding more, it's taking away, right? It's going back to something essential. And I think that's, that's what we've all been saying. And we don't, I don't know about you. It sounds very similar, but my first reaction is not like, I want to fight it. I want to figure out, I want to fix myself. Right. And I don't, that's not that helpful. Actually. You'd think that would be helpful. (laughs) But it's not that helpful in the surrender process. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Because like what I have found is that that is my, you know, what I've called my golden child, the striver self of, you know, the striver part of me is really good at continuing to try to, she would like what you just said, Sonia, about like, okay, like let's reclaim and then move up the ladder and reclaim and move up the ladder, (laughs) just like this lovely ascent towards perfection. So I'm definitely um, recovering perfectionist. And so that striver part is interesting because I can get confused and think that it's trying to get me to some sort of self that has reached 
the goal, but <laughs> that striver self is often keeping me away from feeling what I really need to feel and stepping in to the surrender because she doesn't like uncertainty, not the striver. <laughs> she gets shit done and she can do it well. So, so I like Belinda, you know, that reading all the books, I'm like figuring it out. Like, I'm going to do this. You know, I really resonate with that. And, and I think that it's been very helpful for me to understand how much of the healing comes through rest. And I love that there is a movement for um, like rest being more of like, it's the nap ministry. They have rest is a form of resistance, you know, rest, reclaiming rest mm. as a form of resistance. So I see rest in this culture too, as like social is part of my social justice activist part too, mm -hmm. to be like, you know what? I can rest and actually that will benefit me and everybody around me when I can give myself that space. So that's an interesting place I spend a lot of time with my clients and within myself is that little surrender versus the striver, the energizer bunny. <laughs> yeah. I can really resonate with that. I, I I love when you, you know, Laura talk about kind of these different parts of ourselves, right? Because, you know, we do have kind of these different pieces, right? I know that's part of like internal family systems and kind of this idea that we have these different parts that sometimes are working in opposition. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I can really relate to that striver part because I love finding out more about myself. I love reclaiming myself. I love, but sometimes putting that to do kind of striving mentality on it, it does actually interfere. And it, it's been for me so much reclaiming myself has actually been when I feel like I have no choice. It's not been like a deliberate act of like, ooh, I'm going to choose to reclaim myself. It's actually when I'm like, I have no choices. There's nothing I can do. It's all completely hopeless. I'm like stuck in whatever thing I'm in. And then then it appears, right? Or then it it's awakened or then it comes back in. And I think, you know, that's a really important piece to understand because when we talk about this, you know, where here we are talking about reclaiming ourselves, you know, it's not just that we're saying, hey, go out and consciously reclaim yourself, right? Get in action mode and, and put it all <laughs> together because that's going to work, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, sometimes about just hearing the stories are resonating with, with the experiences of other people or ourselves, right? Remembering that it's a surrender process, you know, or that we have to often let go in order to find ourselves. You know, I think that's a really important point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think that sometimes, you know, it's like I was talking about, like how the culture can create tendencies for us to conform. But then the other side, of course, is that when community creates the space for you to surrender, I was thinking about that, about like my friendships and especially circles of women that have held mm. space for me to be able to do this. Like that it, it, I want to name that it's a individual night of the soul, but if you're able to find others that are going through similar things and hold space for each other. Mm -hmm. It's a game changer. And that's what I was so fortunate to find as a single mom when I met you, Sonia. And so mm -hmm. it's just been more and more experiences where I've been able to surrender because I did have a community to like circle up around me so that I can be that vulnerable in the middle. I think that's an excellent, excellent point, Laura. At some point to share your story. I mean, there's so much power. What we're talking about is really being able to share our story, both to ourselves in a real way, but then you can have people around you that can hold your story and then share their stories too. the power of that community in the process of healing, which is also reclaiming is just exponential. Like you can process mm -hmm. so much more in that sort of venue. And it's a place, yeah, I think we've talked about a, wanting to have that nice little neat ladder up, but really it's like that 
one of the things I know I avoid is that sense of vulnerability that comes along with storytelling that's required to get to that next loop around the, the spiral. And I think the power of the community makes that, I don't want to use the word easier because it's never easy to be vulnerable, mm. but it eases it a little, makes it mm. a bit, a bit more comfortable. Oh gosh, yes. I, there's so many things I want to say here because I just love women's circles so much. And I think the power of, like you said, Emily, being able to share what's present, you know, even if it feels socially unacceptable in a really sacred, safe space, to be able to do that is in itself just an act of courage and transformation and also to be held in unconditional love and compassion in that space and then also hearing the stories of others which are also your stories and your stories are their stories and you realize that you're not alone that we are all connected we share this wild ride together and mm -hmm. I think it's an antidote to shame because without telling those sh those stories, we just kind of just get stuck in this place of feeling like there's something wrong with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and I would say that, you know, for anybody listening to this, if you don't have that circle of friends, like we're here holding space for you, right? And hopefully our stories and our perspectives help you feel a little bit less alone because sometimes it can be hard to find those circles, but they're out there and there's lots of people who can safely hold space for you and you're worthy of that. Okay, so I want to ask a little bit about, you know, we're talking about reclaiming ourselves and obviously this process, like sometimes it's not something we feel like we have control over or it kind of happens at these moments that we don't expect it. But I, I want to talk about, I recently I was reading Brene Brown and I, you know, I love her books and she talks about authenticity and authenticity to me is very related to reclaiming ourselves, right? It's about being more of who we are, reclaiming those parts that we've lost. And she kind of defines it, it authenticity as like this daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. And I really resonated with that. And I really love this idea of like, it's a choice, right? It's a daily practice. So even though we may not be able to control the situation and sometimes it's surrendering and it's not always this active process, what do you all think about the idea that reclaiming ourselves is a daily practice, right? It is it is something we can put attention towards and on. And I don't know, what is your experience with that? What are your thoughts about that? Yes. <laughs> Darn it. I don't want to say yes. I, you know, still I'm attached to the idea. There'll be some beacon of light and then it's done. But yes, as you were talking about that, I'm like, oh, that was my problem this morning. <laughs> I didn't, I was still attached to who I wanted to be perceived as. And, you know, uh, that's what I should have done. It might have made my day a little bit easier. <laughs> So that's what I say yes to that. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. It's a practice, right? So like with mm -hmm. any practice, we forget, we lose it. We, we don't practice it for a period of time, but we can always practice it again. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. And I think that for me, you know, as, as I've grown in awareness in a way that has been more fuel for the inner critic you know, oh, why am I not doing these things that I know are part of my, you know, mm. aspirational self or, or whatever. So I, for me, it's every day being able to grow in compassion for how I'm showing up, if that's aligned or not. <laughs> and mm. and that, that has been because, you know, it's just a process of forgetting and remembering. We get triggered and, you know, we're, we're unlike the person that we really want to be. It's in that moment that is the everyday practice for me mm. because I've got, I've got a lot of clarity and sort of embodied values about how I want to show up. And my journey for reclaiming myself has really ultimately been about how I'm treating myself as I'm showing up. 
Mm, I love that. That that's a piece of reclaiming ourselves, right? It's not just the 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 oh here I am, I'm whole or here I'm awesome, but it's just having self-compassion wherever we're at in the process. Yes, and just being able to meet our humanness because there is no end goal where, oh, trust me, I've been looking, <laughs> where I'm just like this zen, <laughs> reclaimed zen person, self, like <laughs> tick, <laughs> I have looked, I've searched the world, trust me. <laughs> and, and really it's, so that's been all sort of fuel for the aspirational self, but really for me it is about how I'm treating myself as I'm navigating life. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I love this through line of self-compassion, you know, just and how anything, when I think of it as a practice to your point, Sonia, is like, it's not this perfect static place. It's this every day. And then it's something very nice about, Oh, I could start over (laughs) today. Like I wasn't, as I wasn't very authentic yesterday. I was like in betrayal of those aspects of myself or afraid to be vulnerable or, and every day is a new invitation, a new opportunity to be like, what is it like today to reclaim, you know, or to return? I'm so, I'm in this moment too, feeling so grateful. I've told my clients this is that one of the things about being a therapist, it's such a beautiful practice in grounding myself in preparation for the work I do with my clients. And so it's been a lifelong 20 plus years of learning how to do that. And I can really feel the difference in this part of my life, like versus when I was first learning to be able to sit inside of myself and be with self in order to tune and attune to someone else. And now I realize, oh, what a gift that every day I get this invitation again to sit with others because then that reminds me like, oh, okay, yeah, where am I? Because I'm doing the checking in, you know? And then it's like, oh, yep, I need more rest or I need more food or I just, or I need a break soon. And so I'm feeling grateful for that. And they say you teach what you're here to learn. So I'm definitely teaching presence. and (laughs) being compassionate every day so that I can learn that for myself. Yes. I love that, Laura. And that sort of reminds me that part of the point of this journey is, you know, authentic, beautiful connections with people. Mm -hmm. So it's an individual and personal journey, but ultimately it has an external impact positively. The ripple. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe to wrap up, you know, because we could talk all day, but maybe to wrap up for this episode, what is for you kind of the personal reason or the benefit or what you've seen is the experience of reclaiming yourself? Like what has that created in your life or your work or in your connections or in your family? You know, because sometimes we can shy away from this process and why is it worth going through it? What are kind of the, the benefits? I think that's a great kind of last wrap-up question. What, what is your experience, everyone? I think the, the benefit of it is less division within myself. We talked in the very beginning about like what, why do we need to reclaim ourselves? And we talked about being lost. And every time we, we thread something together there's like a a coming together and Mm. that means that I don't, you know, it's like that wabi-sabi, it's the golden fracture. And now there's not just healing, but like a bridge between the different parts of self. And that, that sounds very esoteric and poetic, (laughs) maybe a little, but the actual tangible benefit of that is that I do work. I love, Mm -hmm. I don't have people in my life that I don't resonate with because I've learned that lesson of like, I'm not for everyone and that's okay. So it's sort of healed. So it, it comes, it is sort of esoteric, but it comes out, the end result is just a little bit more harmony at the places where there was, was a lot of brokenness. Mm, I love that. That's really good, Emily. That really resonates with me as well because I felt just so internally broken 
and now I don't. <laughs> and so when you're feeling that way, obviously there's just so many flow and effects to your behaviors, your you know actions, your ability to live your own life versus people pleasing and all of that. There's just so many levels that that sort of works, works towards, but really, you know, I remember just this inner voice just saying, I want to be free to be me. And that, that is what I feel like, you know, I'm not fully free. Of course, it's a journey of a lifetime, but I'm feeling much more inner freedom to be able to sort of show up as I, as I want to do instead of constantly thinking about whether other people are going to like me and all of those kind of things that were really driving driving my behavior. Yes, yes. I can definitely resonate with that. Like the the connection that you're seeing, Emily, too, coming back into connection. I think for me, there's this deepening of trust. Mm-hmm. I really think it comes down to trusting myself. Mm-hmm. And the more that I reclaim, the deeper the trust. And what that means is less holding back, less fear, less trepidation, uh, less focus on like, oh, all the things that are happening out here and just being like, okay, I can trust myself to be with whatever is happening. And then that has a beautiful impact on trusting others and trusting the world. Mm -hmm. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. So true. It is. I love it. I love everything you all have said. And, you know, I would probably just add that the more I've reclaimed myself, the more at peace I am, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. in myself and in the world. And it's such a relief. Like yes. every little piece is such a relief. <laughs> I think relief is a really wonderful word and that it's definitely, yeah, just resonates deeply with me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I have truly, it is just such an honor to be here with all of you, both co-hosts and listeners. And so thank you all for being here. Any last words you want to say before we wrap up? I love that Belinda used the term and I saw in my mind's eye, anxious bunny. Like, I think it's so cute. And I'm going to draw a picture of that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We may have a bunny loving the parts of ourselves that we might be mean about, you know? So just, yeah, yeah, that really stuck with me. So just want to say that to our listeners. Like, if there's a part of you they're struggling with, just turn it into a bunny. bunny. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that too. I do too. I'm going to use that one. (laughs) Yes. Oh, beautiful. And I think trust, yeah, what you were saying, Laura, that just, yeah, absolutely sums it up. All right. Well, thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Reclaiming Ourselves. Looking for a speaker for your organization or want to dive deeper into the process of reclaiming yourself? I would love an opportunity to work with you. You can find more about my services, read articles, and listen to all of my podcast episodes at sonyastatman.com. Have an amazing day and thanks for listening. See you next time. Ta-da!